Welcome back to the Snack Walls Podcast. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you keep them. All right, I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today. Can you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, so I'm John Robert. I'm a, a husband and a curious polymath, also a consultant and entrepreneur. So I, uh, I work in tech. I do specifically software development. So um, usually I'm doing emerging tech things in the business transformation space. So, you know, you're an insurance company that sees lemonade coming over and you want to completely redo everything. I'm a person to talk to interested in machine learning and chatbots, blockchain, anything along those lines, definitely can help you build that, kind of get started on it, all of that. I also have a few startups that I'm working on, um, a podcast bandwidth that I'm launching soon. Uh, and overall, just a very interested, curious, and busy person. Nice. So we'll make sure we add a lot of the links to that in the show notes. And I've got a ton of questions. I think you're the, just the right person to answer. So First off, I'm hearing from a lot of leaders in tech that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? I think they're looking in the wrong places. I don't think finding diverse talent is very hard at all. I think right. you just have to also be diverse in your mindset of going for it. So like, you know, on the surface, I wouldn't look like somebody who's would be bring diversity to a team. But I'm, you know, I have learning disabilities, actually. I'm dyslexic, dysmorphic have ADD. I come, I'm the first one in my family to graduate from college and I don't have a degree in anything technical. So like my degree is actually in international relations and linguistics. Um, and I actually think that that brings a much, like, I think that I'm at the point that in my career that I'm at because of that, because of the fact that I'm divergent from everyone else around me and everyone else around me kind of thinks very engineering or tooling like where I tend to think more uh, in the humanities mindset, right? Like very curious, like, let me understand something. Let me talk you through it. And I also want to make sure um, in another life, I wanted to be a lawyer. And then I realized I hate law. But one of the things that it taught me was to speak very clearly and directly, right? Like if you call something a car, keep calling it a car. Don't call it a Mazda Miata later on, right? Um, so communicating with other people. And I think if you are looking for talent to come from a university, if you're looking for talent to come from traditional means, I think you're, 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 you're doing yourself a disservice and there's a lot of lost Einsteins because of that. I think the best thing to do is actually to seek out people in communities um, where you wouldn't expect it. Like one of the people that I've worked with uh, closely that now works for a, a big insurance company, um, you know, he came from a neighborhood in, in, in the South side of Chicago and he just really grinded and worked his way. And I'm telling you, if you, if you look for people that are in community centers and you look at community centers or, you know, uh, high schools and things like that for talent, or you start looking way out of the box, you're going to find people with a lot of grit, a lot of perseverance, and that are going to look at things from another direction and another means. And maybe you bring them in in some different capacity. Like you bring them in my, you know, my field is is tech, right? And development. So maybe I bring them in as a tester and I just like, hey, I'm going to help you understand how to test something. But through understanding how to test something, you're going to have to learn how the system works. And through understanding how the system works, you're then going to be able to go on to a different role, maybe as an analyst. And then maybe you take up some coding classes, right? Like, I think you have to look for people with grit and determination and perseverance. And you have to look for those people. And then you have, you grow them in to be the talented, right? They're already talented, right? Sure. You just have to be looking in the right places for the right people and then be willing to take a chance on somebody. Um, yeah, and I think, I think that that is... 
That's all super valuable. I, I was just going to, sorry to cut you off there. I was just going to say, I try and take that same mentality. If like, instead of looking for the position player, just look for the athlete. Just look for someone that has some right. skills that you'll be able to sharpen and then build some sort of like bumpers and a pathway to get them sort of in the direction you eventually see them. And man, you're going to get super, not just lucky, but I think it's a great way to invest, right? So Totally. Yeah, I mean, like basketball players started doing this, right? Like basketball teams, like Joel Embiid, he only started playing basketball less than seven years ago, and he's one of the best centers in the in the world, right? Uh, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would say, is the best basketball player in the world right now. Once again, 10 years ago, was not playing basketball, right? He's just, they call him the Greek freak because he's a freak athlete, right? Yeah. So I think that's, that's a great analogy. Look for somebody who clearly has a lot of untapped potential and start tapping into it, right? And, and you know, I, I, I'm not religious, but I like a lot of religious philosophy. And, you know, showing somebody the way is all you can do, right? So finding somebody and saying like, look, I have some, a path you can take. Would you be willing, would you be interested in taking this path? And along the way, like, don't be afraid to ask for help, right? And, and I think a lot of times finding talent gets lost in finding talent and not realizing the best way to find talent and build talent is to have a culture that fosters that, right? So, like, it's, in my mind, it's a push and pull between you need to be looking in places that no one else is looking. Because I'll tell you right now, that's where you're going to find the best people. The best people that I work with are people that don't come from traditional backgrounds, right? Um, and then you need a culture that fosters creativity, but how do you foster creativity? You need to foster uh, curiosity. And how do you foster curiosity? By having a culture in which it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to break the mold. It's okay to step over your bounds occasionally. It's okay to say, like, I'm going to ask a question. It's not in my role, right? And sure. really kind of fostering that. Like, I think text flat hierarchy is, is really good. Um, and it does tend to kind of foster that. But I think more often than not, what I actually see is that people are kind of stuck in their hyper-specialized roles, right? Yeah. And, you know, I see um, a lot of, it, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little tougher as well in the tech space because there is so much out there and you do have to specialize at some point. So being a generalist right. is, can, can work for a period, but then you do need to specialize in many cases to be able to have that deep knowledge to execute because there's just so much out there. Right. So, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's right. And, and that's what, Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that's in my, in my mind, that's what the one of the big beauties of software is, is that you can do everything project based. Right. So like I'm about to work on this project and I'm going to get really deep on machine learning or I'm going to go on this project. I'm going to get really deep on, deep on data models. And, you know, once again, if your company is fostering this type of project based mindset, which it probably is if you're in tech. Right. Um, but also along with that saying like, OK, Use this as an opportunity to stretch your skills into data modeling. Use this as an opportunity, you know what I mean? And, and kind of building it by project by project. You can help specializing somebody or generalizing somebody. And then sure. from there, right, the path is the path is theirs. So you've mentioned a, a couple of little tidbits, but I want to more specifically call out, what do you think it takes to retain diverse staff? Culture. It's all culture to me. What like, are those key attributes of the culture that you think work towards that? Openness, transparency, curiosity, right? Like I think it has to be an environment where I can say something wrong by accident, right? And have somebody else tell me that I did something, that I said something, did something wrong, overstepped my bounds, um, and that it's kind of settled right there. I think that's a big thing. And that's something I think is that most people are, it's a little too tenuous to actually even bring up, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a big part of it. And I think once again, curiosity is huge, right? Like well, transparency, right? Like, 
there was something um, in another life, I was a president in my fraternity. And there was a, a saying that I was told when I was going through all this insurance training of guess what, if anything happens, you can go to jail. Um, was as the president goes, so goes the chapter. And what that meant was, listen, like the example that you set is what everyone else is going to be following as the model, right? If you like it or not, like that's what's going to happen. And I think that that's really true in business, right? If I'm leading a project team, if I'm running, you know, a transformation at a client, if I'm, you know, my own organization, whatever it is, I want to make sure that whatever it is that I'm saying, allowing, encouraging, asking is the example. And sometimes that means I need to have the awareness that even though I'm asking a question that I personally know the answer to, I'm asking the question so everyone else knows it's okay, right? And if that's something that's uncomfortable, like, hey, like I noticed you always take every afternoon off. Why do you take every afternoon off, right? And now, and now maybe that is, there's a reason for it. And maybe HR is going to step in and say like, it's not, it's, that's not your place. But at least I asked the question because guess what? You're taking every afternoon off and that's making me have to work more, right? So like this kind of openness of culture, I think is big. And I'm talking about like very specific abstract uh, me- mechanisms. But I think in those human to human connections, if you can keep that open and, and, and like a team can talk to each other, you're going to become friends. And if you become friends, you're going to want to stay, right? And then- yeah. Outside of that, I think you also need transparency in wages. I think you need transparency in, you know, how much time people are putting in in some capacity, right? Because because I think the other thing in tech is that because everyone is so specialized, or at least the talent pool is so small, you often see, and I've seen this uh, with people I, I can, like clients I consult with, where there's a couple people that are making the bulk of the rate for everybody, right? And 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 to me that that is. It's unfortunate because I really think that there should be more of a flat wages in tech. I I see everywhere I go, it's always crazy between like, you know, some people over here are making way more than other people over here, despite the fact that the other people have been here longer. I, I think that all needs to be transparent to some degree. And if it's just like, you know, it, it, maybe taking the names out of it and having like titles and roles and, and what expect in, in year, 10 years and years of, you know, like what that would mean as far as like, uh, rating personally, I like the the model of ta- tying everybody more towards the growth of the company. So the company makes more revenue, you make more revenue. Um, but I really think the openness and culture. If you have a culture of curiosity, a culture where everybody can ask questions and everybody can offer to help, and it's meant genuinely with compassion, I think everybody's going to want to stay because you're all going to be friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you created fostering that environment where people feel comfortable in obviously a lot of people leave because they're the boss, but many diverse candidates, I think leave because they're just not comfortable and they think that somewhere else will be a better fit. They're off to the races. There's nothing that ties anybody to any single company, especially as an engineer, right? You can bounce yes. so easily and take your yes. talents to somebody else that like employers have to be careful that they're not losing really good folks because they're just not paying attention, right? Yes. Keeping their eye on the ball. So. I also think it's really important for leadership to understand the fact that if you come from a minority or a, a different, more, less, um, a, a less common, you know, identity marker of some manner in tech, that leadership should ask to make sure that they are comfortable. Like that is something that I do. And I will sit down one-on-one and I will say like, hey, like, are you feeling pretty comfortable? Is, that, is, everyone, is everything going smoothly? Do you have any questions? Is there anything but I could do? The reality is your lived experience is slightly different than than some folks though. Right. So like what I talk about neurodiversity, because I think that's a big piece. I talk about yes. women and black and Latinx, and I talk about LGBTQ, and I always add neurodiverse. And sometimes people are like, what is that word? What does that mean? 
And I'm just like, oh man, if people don't even know right. uh, the definition of that word, then they are not prepared to be asking right. the question and creating an environment where people that need to have quiet space to work, you're providing that and affording them that opportunity or people that need to be able to not be on camera or maybe communicating mostly in text instead of verbally, like you've got to be aware of how to reach people where they are and provide opportunities for them to get the, you know, they've got a superpower. Your job is to yes. figure out what it is and to turn it up. And yeah. you're missing it completely if you don't even know what the word neurodiverse means. So folks, I'll put that in the show notes. There you, you go. Know what neurodiversity is, because it is a thing that we actually, frankly, have a bigger propensity for folks because you can kind of, I don't want to say um, cover, but you can kind of like feel more comfortable in STEM careers oftentimes if you're neurodiverse, yeah. because there's not the same social stigma attached with all the other affects that sometimes come along with it. It's just easier in the tech space. And I think we should just be more aware of that. It's just bizarre yeah. or not. So, and, and, it, and neurodiverse individuals, when they come into tech, have a superpower if they can get past that interpersonal problems, sure. right? So like, all right, myself, I'm dyslexic and dysmorphic. So, and I do workshops constantly, right? But when I first started, it was really stressful for me to have to write on a board, right? So you're telling me that for three hours, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to write on a board and people are going to see me spelling things wrong and they're going to see me like flipping letters around and misshaping things like that's really stressful. Right. But once I overcame that, I realized that workshopping is a superpower because dyslexics tend to make connections between things without even thinking. Right. And that's kind of because the brain, the brain is wired that way. Right. So when I'm up there, I'm up there work, workshopping, I can all of a sudden be like, oh, so that relates to this department and this idea and this thing. Right. And once I got over that. Right. Yeah. And I see a lot with people on autism spectrum, because a lot of people with autism spectrum tend to be really fantastic, amazing engineers but they tend to have problem communicating sometimes, right? And they, have, they tend to have problems like uh, expressing sometimes, right? So if you can find a way to, once again, this is why I say culture is everything, because if you can find a way to foster some mechanisms, right? Like for myself, I make Slack channels like crazy, right? I make Slack channels for individual projects. I make Slack channels for, for feature sets within projects, everything. So everybody has a workspace that is text-based, you know, that is time is not an object, right? So you come back at, you have to go take care of kids. You got to go walk your dog. You got to go to, I don't care. You got to go do something. I trust that you're doing something and I, I don't care what you're doing. You're going to come back to this and you can come back to this on your own time. Right. right. Um, and that's one mechanism, but sitting down and saying like, Hey, like, are you comfortable? Are you able to, you know, have the proper connections with everybody? Is there anything I could be doing to, to help kind of push that along some more um, is really important with those individuals. Because I think if, if you if you create the culture for those people to thrive, you are inherently creating a culture for anybody to thrive, right? Absolutely. And I think that's and and I think that's something that's missed is like if you focus on the margins and you and you try to bring the, a, a a culture that is good for them, you're actually creating the best culture for everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. It applies to the whole, the whole team. So this has been a super good conversation and I'm wondering who is a leader like yourself that you think would be a good guest on a podcast like this? Socrates. Okay. Living. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, Rowan. Uh, so a good friend of mine. Okay. Um, yeah. Rowan Price, a good friend of mine who uh, he is in marketing in tech. He's gone like he's done the gamut of a lot of different arcs in tech. Um, and he is, I mean, he's the person that I call up to have these type of conversations with. 
Awesome. So, uh, Rowan, you're on the radar. I'm going to see if we can have <laughs> you come on and answer these questions and give us your take. So, uh, where can we find out more information about your company? This is a great time to sh- shamelessly plug. I know you got a few things and your podcast. So, have at it. Yeah, yeah. So, 3ct.co is my my uh, website for Third Coast. That's my consulting agency. And then that will have links to everything else. So, I have Voltaire.ai. That's my sales startup that I'm working on. That's uh, Think of it as a handy digital sales assistant to make your to make people more people. So your connections with other people more human, your interactions more human, be able to more personalize, more understanding, be able to relate, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, and then bandwidth uh, coast to coast is the name of the podcast. And I'll get you the link once uh, I have that finalized. Nice. So most important question now, what is your favorite snack? What are you snacking on lately? I'm snacking on Thai chili almonds lately. Mm. I'm really enjoying those. That sounds tasty. I'm guessing it's spicy because I heard the word yeah. chili in there. Yeah, they're, they're pretty spicy. I would like them to be more spicy, but I'm enjoying them nonetheless. Nice. All right. Well, JR, I really appreciate you having you on uh, the program today. Thanks. I really appreciate having me. This was a great conversation. I, I always relish in talking about culture, to be honest. So thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. Smash that like button. I will talk to you later. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snack Walls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash 